This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. With the milder weather, bird migration is underway across North America. Billions of birds, literally, are making their way north to breeding grounds. Twice a year, spring and fall, millions of birds, unfortunately, meet an early end when they're drawn into cities by lights and then collide with reflective glass windows. Given its location, Toronto is particularly notorious for its high number of bird strikes. In fact... And you probably wouldn't believe this. An estimated one billion birds a year die here in Toronto. For 25 years, FLAP, the Fatal Light Awareness Program, has been helping rescue birds and advocate for solutions to buildings with reflective windows. FLAP's founder, Michael Masur, continues to work with organizations across the country to help reduce the number of bird strikes. Michael joins us on the line. Welcome to Fight Back, Michael. Thank you. Let's talk about these life-saving reflective windows. How widely are they used in Toronto and in other major cities? I think it's important to point out that uh, anywhere you have glass has the potential to to harm or kill a bird. Uh, That window can be at your office place. It can be at your home. It can be at your cottage. Um, they all have the reflective qualities or transparent qualities of glass that cause birds to collide with them. So, unfortunately, none of us are exempt from this problem. And in terms of, of implementing the, the types of windows that, uh, I guess, raise a flag right away for a bird and cause it to change direction, I mean, is that, uh, are there more of those than, than the windows that don't do that? Right. The, the number of uh, buildings whether it's new construction or existing buildings, the percentage of uh, markers on glass that research demonstrates works best to alert birds to the presence of that glass are extremely low. Mm. The good side of this is, though, that the city of Toronto is the first city in the world to implement mandatory requirements for new construction. They have to be bird-friendly, which includes having markers on these windows up to roughly five to six stories. And since then, we're seeing all kinds of other cities across Canada and the United States follow this lead. So we're seeing more and more new buildings uh, with the, the appropriate markers on them to mitigate this threat. So what do the windows look like then, the ones that would, would save the life of a, of a bird? Sure. The best way to look at this is uh, similar to human beings. In, you have to make the glass visible to birds. Um, And the way you do that is you apply a marker to the window that covers the entire surface of the glass, while at the same time doesn't interfere with our ability to see through it. So Mm -hmm. the best example I can give you is a very popular pattern uh, that's being used quite quite often here in Toronto. And it's a dotted pattern where there's a roughly a a 3 16th of an inch sized dot spaced 5 centimeters apart vertically and uh, horizontally. So it looks like a grid pattern. And that marker placed on the outside surface of the glass gives the bird a visual reference. But at the same time, 
doesn't interfere, again, with our ability to see through the glass, nor does it interfere with the, um, the architectural integrity of that building, because we don't want to see these markers. So that's an exa- a really good example of, of a marker that's proven to be effective. What can we do in our own homes uh, to implement this kind of change as well? And, and would it affect aesthetically the way the home looks? Right. A very important thing about homes is, collectively, homes kill far more birds than, say, do commercial, industrial, government buildings. And it's simply because there are far more homes out there than any other form of human-occupied buildings. So at home, you would treat it very much the same way. Um, and you can buy products like this dotted pattern I was telling you about um, and other techniques. Uh, what I would suggest, the best way to do this, because it, it, it does become kind of complicated to describe the various techniques, is visit uh, one of or both of our websites, flap.org or birdsafe.ca, and look at the sections dedicated to different techniques that homeowners can adopt. And they're very cost-effective, they're easy to install, and they're very effective at reducing strikes. Okay, flap.org and birdsafe.ca. While we have you on the line, Michael, and we do have a little bit of uh, luxury of time at the moment, I want to invite uh, callers, if you're listening uh, and you're interested in taking up bird watching, or you've seen some birds in your backyard and you want to attract more, how can you have a more bird-friendly backyard? Give us a call. Michael is here in until almost 1 o'clock, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's talk about that. How do you attract, or do first of all, do you want to be attracting birds to your backyard? Is that is that good for the health of the bird? Good question. Uh, yes and no. Uh, the, the positive side of attracting birds to your, your yard is you not only get to enjoy the presence of those birds in your backyard, you are in some cases providing them with some uh, vital nutrients. Uh, one of the mo- most common ways of doing that is bird feeders. Um, in fact, bird feeders are, are very popular amongst uh, homeowners. And uh, there's a good and a bad time to do this. The best time to feed birds at feeders is during the winter season when they're, when they're struggling to survive our winter. But during the summer, Put them away. There's so much available food for them from insects and uh, natural seeds and fruit-bearing plants, uh, whether it's in your yard or in your neighborhood, that these birds have access to. That is important nutrients they need to have. So I would avoid feeding during the, the summertime and keep it specifically to the winter months. What kinds of species can we see at the moment? What can we look forward to seeing during the summer here in the Toronto area? Right. Throughout the migration seasons, there's uh, over 400 species of birds that we have the potential to see. If you're an avid birder uh, and going out and looking for them, it's unbelievable the number of birds that pass through our region. Now, if I can compare this to the types of birds that we pick up most frequently that collide with buildings, um, those would include birds like the golden-crowned kinglet and the ruby-crowned kinglet, uh, the ruby-throated hummingbird, uh, the Nashville warbler. Um, we've picked up uh, 170 different species of birds that have collided with Toronto's buildings. And some of these buildings are at, some of these buildings, some of these birds are at risk species. Uh, an example of that that you can also see in your backyard are like the, uh, the Canada warbler. Um, we have, uh, the, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other species. 
Um, well, the whippoorwill is, uh, is an example of a species that is uh, threatened in our province as well. So there's so many variety of species. They're beautiful and ranging in size and colors. You just have to make the time to sit down quietly in some natural area and just get a pair of binoculars out, and you will be amazed at the number of birds that you can see passing through our region. Wonderful. Let's go to John in Guelph. John, you have a question or comment for Michael? Yes, um, we have some large window spaces looking out on the garden where we have an attractive nuisance known as a bird feeder, and Mm -hmm. uh, we have seen some strikes on our windows, uh, particularly doves who are escaping an attack by... um, a raptor, and um, what I've done is buy some gardening mesh. It's about a centimeter and a half square plastic mesh, and using long bamboo poles, I've strung this mesh across the windows so that um, it stands off about eight inches, and it's visible, and it would cushion to some extent if something hit it. But it's, it's not a mist net or anything quite so uh, likely to tangle. And uh, so far, no problems. You, you, you've identified a technique that is very effective, and you're right. The birds can, in most cases, see that netting. It's cost-effective. Uh, the one thing that anyone who decides to uh, adopt that particular technique, they have to make sure that the net is as taut as you can make it. Because if it's too loose... Smaller birds can actually become entangled in that netting. So hanging that bamboo strand that allows it to be weighted down is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very important that there be that tautness to it to avoid birds becoming entangled. Yep, that's how it is. Thank you, John. Yep. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye. Let's go to Lena in Etobicoke. Go ahead, Lena. Hi there. Um, I'm originally from Nova Scotia, and I worked for a while at Hope for Wildlife, the wildlife rehab that's there. Um, and w- even in Nova Scotia, where we don't have many uh, large cities at all, definitely nothing like here and nothing like the buildings here, the most uh, birds that we get in, the most animals that we get into Hope for Wildlife are also from window strikes. So it's definitely a big thing there as well. And at Hope for Wildlife, we uh, sold these window decals as well. You can get them online uh, pretty much anywhere. But they're like these special stickers. You could get them in the shapes of different birds, like hummingbirds or butterflies or flowers. And they're sort of see-through decals, but I guess they reflect light differently to birds. So it really shows up more for them. And they're pretty cute as well. Um, Do you think that those work uh, well as they say they do? Right. I'm glad you're pointing this out. The, the, the thing about that particular product is it is basing its, uh, its approach on UV reflectivity. Birds mm-hmm. can see ultraviolet light where humans cannot. The problem is that, that, that UV reflectivity has to be a very specific wavelength of UV. And unfortunately, that particular product doesn't offer that particular wavelength. However, what the birds are seeing is, in fact, the, the translucent decal itself that's stuck to the window. The problem with any technique of this nature is if you're, if you're serious about using that technique to mitigate this threat, the markers have to be spaced very close to each other, again, so that it doesn't give the bird the uh, opportunity to feel they can slip through those gaps. So you would have to purchase, for an average home, say, uh, you're treating a window, you would have to purchase dozens of these markers to treat the window properly. 
And uh, this is why other techniques, uh, other products that are designed specifically for full coverage of glass is very important to consider instead. They're, they're far more easily to install and they're far more effective at reducing the problem. Okay, Lena. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling Thank in you. to Fight Back. Uh, Michael, as we uh, round up this segment here on Fight Back and, and the end of the program, maybe just leave us with some tips and some guidance uh, for the coming bird watching season. Right. Uh, if you work in a tall building at night, uh, please consider minimizing that light in your workspace. Birds uh, during the migration are attracted to these bright lights. And if you're serious about dealing with this problem, uh, with potential window collisions at your home, uh, please do visit our website to the various techniques that are available. Again, they're easy to install, they're cost-effective, and you will be saving so many birds' lives by uh, embracing the techniques. Thank you so much for helping uh, draw attention to this issue. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you. FLAP's founder, Michael Masur, and again, flap.org or birdsafe.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.